בערוץ דף י"ב עמוד א', it's not what you think, it's כקלתו. The challenge this morning, and it's often the challenge, but, but this morning it's even more so, and it's important so that when you're working on, on a piece of Gomorrah and you want to give a shear on the Gomorrah or write something up on the Gomorrah, the real challenge today was zooming in on something small enough. The sugya is not a long sugya, it's about a 10-line line, line sugya, um, but still it's multifaceted. And when you're dealing with a multifaceted sugya, Uh, one of the, the hardest things is to zoom in on the piece that you're going to expand. So you've got to start off in a micro way, getting very, very small and limited, and then you've got to expand it and you've got to de- develop it. So that was the, the challenge here. The, the sugya that we're dealing with is the sugya of Mema'enet and the Tzarat Mema'enet. So the idea of a Tzara we're, we're already comfortable with, the co-wives and how they're impacted by what happens with the Yabama, uh, with the particular wife who has been chosen for, for the purposes of Yibun or Chalitza. But, but we get introduced to the idea of Mema'enet. And what's important with the, with, with the Gemara that we're learning is, as we're going through this, uh, we're learning important Hashkafic ideas like, and, and life ideas, like yesterday, the idea of distinguishing between a, a star and a team player. A team player is, is dispensable, but incredibly important, but a star is indispensable. Uh, and how do you treat those people different and what are they? So we get Hashkafic things the day, day before that, the daft before that, we were learning about methods of education and, and tough love. Um, but at the same time, we were introducing to important halachic ideas and expanding our understanding of these relationships in the, in the Torah, the relationships between the, the family of a, a, a man and his wife and her relationship to his family. These are all relationships that we're busy uh, understanding and unraveling. And you'll see in the, the way I, I put titles on the, on the Matmonim, the English title is usually linked to the Hashkafic principle, and the Hebrew title is usually linked to the Halachic principle. So when you're looking back at them and you're looking for something, it depends. If you're, looking, if you're trying to recall the Hashkafic principle, check the English titles. If you're looking at the, uh, trying to recall the Halachic principle, you usually get, get more of an idea of that from the from the Hebrew title. And by the way, on the matmonim.org website, you can choose Hebrew or English up at the top. If you choose English, you'll only see the English title. But if you click onto Hebrew, you'll see the Hebrew title for all of the, all of the matmonim. So that's, that's how to use it as a, as a resource. Uh, and, and also just a reminder to those who are not here, who are listening in, that the shir is live. It happens every morning in Rainana at the Kolel at 6.40 a.m. So here's a piece of Gemara. We're getting, what we're going to learn about is a side issue, but, but core to the sugya, and that is to get a deeper and clearer insight into the concept of Marit Ayan, things that you can't do just because they look wrong, even though they're not wrong. And that's a principle we have throughout Shas, and we'll get a, a, a particular insight into it. To get this insight, we need to understand a piece of Rashi on our sugya, And we need to understand a Ramban on a parallel sugya on Daf Kuf Zayin, which we'll get to in three months' time. Um, but it's, it's, in that Ram, it's linking that Ramban to this Rashi and to our Gemara that gives us this deeper understanding of what Mary's Ayin is and how it works. So in our Gemara, we've got Omar Rav Lili Bar Memel, Omar Mar Ukva, Omar Shmuel. So this is a memra of Shmuel brought to us Uh, by Rav Lili Bar Memel in the name of Marukve, Tsarat Mamamenet Asura. 
the tzara of a mima'enet. A mima'enet is, there is a case where a woman can be married to a man midrabonen. Midoraita, she can't midrabonen, she can't. And that's a case of a young girl under the age of 12. In those days, they used to marry girls off under the age of 12. And and I wonder whether we shouldn't reinstitute the practice. I can imagine that there are many fathers of young girls who are thinking to themselves, it would be great for my child not to go through her teenage years unmarried. Wouldn't it be great if she already had a husband who was learning in Koilul while she became a teenager? Instead of being wild, the teenager with her school friends. I'm not recommending that Lamaise for <laughs> just to be clarified. <laughs> but, but, I, but I could imagine that, that such a thing. And certainly in a situation where Chas the father has passed away. And now you've got this young girl growing up as a teenager in Tel Aviv or even in Ranana or even in parts of Yerushalayim or even in parts of, of Beit Shemesh and, and, uh, and Bnei Brak. And it's not, it, it, the, the, the family's worried. So the din is they can marry her off. The brothers or the mother can marry her. She, she's too young to, to do the Kiddushan on her own. Her father isn't there. So the family, the mothers or the brother, can marry her off. However, she has the right when she turns 12 to undo that marriage. That's called Mama'ena. She has one opportunity to say, thank you for doing this all on my behalf, but no, thank you. I, this is not what I want for my life. And she can be Mama'enet. The Gemara says here, the din is Tsarat Mama'enet Asura. So now you've got an, a, a, young, a young girl who is one of two wives to a man. He dies, her husband dies. She now is as a kukali liyibum. Li, li but she's mema'enet. She says, no, thank you. I don't want the yibum. Her tzara becomes osur as well. And the Gemara goes in. Who, who is she? Who is, the Gemara goes into question. Who is the tzara asur to? Ile mela'achim, if it means the, the tzara cannot marry the brothers. Hashtahi gufa sharia. She's allowed to marry the brothers. If she did miyun with one brother. So Ruven is, she's married to Ruven. And Ruven dies. Now she's going to do Yibun with Shimon. She does Miun. She could still technically marry the other brothers. The Tzara certainly, that it's Haratame Baya, certainly the Tzara is. Ela Lidide, so clearly it's talking about the fact that the Tzara cannot marry um, Shimon, the man who she did Yibun with. And then again, as I mentioned yesterday, I think that, that when you're learning through Yavamas and we're learning at this kind of speed of a daffodil, you can't get it all. It's not possible unless you spend the entire day on it, and even then, very difficult to get it all. If you can try and get the principles, the, the, the mathematical formulas, because each sugya has a kind of a mathematical formula that everything else is built on, and the principle, and then that's about as much as one can get in a, in, in a dafyomi kind of approach with it. Here's the Rashi that's important. Ela day liyabam shimiyana bo asura. To the Yabam to whom she did the Mi'un, so she's still under 12, her husband dies, she's, has, is a kuka, she's connected to her husband's brother, she's married to Reuven, Reuven dies, she's now connected to Shimon, she does Mi'un to Shimon. The Mi'un, and from that time, she becomes also, and the, and the Tzara as well, the Mi'un akarle lezika, because her Mi'un undoes the connection between her and the brother. That's what the Miyun does. And she can do that. She can undo the connection. Chalitza is different. Chalitza is the connection was there, and then 
it's undone after the connection is kind of carried out and then she undoes it. That's what Chalitza is. But Miun is she cuts it, she, she un, undoes the connection altogether. Asks the Rashi, Ve'im Tomar Miun, it's not often that Rashi goes into an analysis almost like Tosfot does. Ve'im Tomar Miun Nisiun Kamai Akar Vaharehi Nochrit Itzlul Muteret Lo. Rashi asks an amazing question. We'll see from the Gemara further on and from the Gemara on Kufzayin that she not only undoes, listen to this magic that Halakha can do, not only does she undo the zikah, the connection between herself and the father's brother, her uncle, she also undoes the connection between her, her and her late husband. She undoes her marriage retrospectively. That's what's actually happening. So again, the young girl marries Ruvain, Ruvain dies, she says to Shimon, no, thank you. By saying that, she's actually undoing her connection to her late husband as well. We'll see how that works. If that's the case, says Rashi, she was never married to the, to the late husband. In which case, she's like a free, she's, she's free altogether. She should be a mutter to anybody. She has no relationship to her uncle. She has no relationship to the other uncles. She doesn't even have a relationship, as we see further in the Gemara, to her late husband's father, her, late, her father-in-law. She, technically, she could marry, because, because retrospectively, she wasn't married to her father-in-law's son. She wasn't married at all. That's what Miun does. Miun undoes the marriage. So when a girl says, at 12, she says, no, thank you to the marriage, she, it's not a divorce. She's undoing the marriage from the beginning. There was never a marriage. The chidush here is when she does miun to the brother, she's also undoing the original marriage, not just the relationship to the, to the brother. And we'll see how that works. But Rashi's question is she should be free to anybody. She's never been married. She's like an unmarried girl now. She's undone the marriage to the late husband. So she's like an unmarried girl. She should be available to anybody. Gzeira de Rabonin, he, it's a gzeira of the Rabonin that she can't. Since she didn't do Miyun while the first one was still alive. And the need for the Yibum and the Chalitza and the Miyun with the, with the ankle all happened because she was married to Ruvain originally. It looks as if she's marrying her late husband's brother. That's what it looks like. The, the, the Miyun is not clear. The parallel Gemara in Tafkuf Zayin is, is uh, you need it in order to get to the Ramban. So there, there's a case, Rabbi Yoshaya says, um, that she's allowed to undo the, the Ma'amar, but not the Zikah. In other words, if, if her uncle says, I want to do Yibum with you, she can say, no, thank you. But she still needs Chalitza. That's Rabbi Yoshaya says. She can turn down the Yibum, but she still needs Chalitza. Says Rav Chista, my time at Rabbi Yoshaya, why is that so? Bia umama duhu ka'avid. Bia and maima, maima means a proposal, the yibum proposal. So if he actually has relations with her, or he simply proposes the yibum to her, he created that status, matzi akra, and she's given the right to undo it with me. And she can say, I don't want it to work. But Zika, but her connection to the uncle, Dirachmana Ramale, which the Torah imposes, you're married to Ruven, Ruven dies immediately, the moment Ruven dies, you're connected to the Yabam, to the uncle. Loma Tsiakra, she can't undo that. But Ula says she can. She can undo everything. My time, why? Nisue Kameka Akra, here you've got the principle. 
because she's undoing the original marriage. She's not undoing the connection to the brother. If the connection to the uncle had been created, she couldn't undo it because it would have been created by the Torah. But she undoes it before it's created. She actually undoes the original marriage with this magical concept of miyun, which works to back to the original, to the original marriage. Rabbi Yoshebeir Soloveitchik, there's now we have, they published notes from Rabbi Yoshebeir Shirim, which are, which are beautiful, amazing. And he just says, the way it works is, because connection to the uncle, the, the proposition of Yibum is a continuity of the marriage to the deceased. It's a strange situation where the deceased, the whole law of Yibum tells us that even though he's dead, he continues to impact his, his widow in that she now, the marriage carries on with her brother. The marriage kind of never ended. So when she says, I don't want the brother, you know, my, my uncle was Shimon, I don't want to be married to my uncle Shimon. What she's really saying, what, what made her available to Shimon was the fact that she was married to, her, to, to Shimon's brother, to Reuven. So by saying, I don't want this, you're saying, I don't want the effects of my marriage to Reuven. If my marriage to Reuven landed me up with Shimon, I don't want my marriage to Reuven. That's what she's really saying. Uh, whereas he just adds, if she were a, if she were just a widow, if he just died, and let's say there, there were children or whatever, then then Miun doesn't work. She can't. Uh, she, she, then she can't do Miun because the the issues has already ended. In other words, what 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 is important about the Yibum relationship is the issues hasn't ended. Even though the man has died, the issues hasn't died. That's what's important to understand from this piece of Gomorrah. Although the brother, the, the man has died, her husband has died, the marriage hasn't died. The marriage continues in Yibum. So if she undoes the Yibum, what she's technically doing is undoing the marriage, because that's the only way she can undo the Yibum. She's saying, I don't want the marriage that's going to land me up with Shimon. That's not what I intended in the first place. Says the Ramban, what's important on that, on that piece of Gomorrah, says the Ramban there, Loshna, the Ramban explains the difference between Rav Oshaya and Ula, and, it, and it, what he says at the end is, Loshna pisha eni rotze lo binisuecha velo binisuecha chicha shemeit, veloshna amra stam eni rotze becha miyunagamur. She doesn't have to say it, she doesn't have to articulate. Not only don't I want to be married to you, Shimon, I don't retrospectively want to be married to my ex, to, to my late husband either. She doesn't have to say that. All she has to say is, I don't want you, Shimon. Uncle Shimon, no, thank you. That's not what, that's not what I wrote, signed up for. That's enough to say she's undoing her, retrospectively, she's undoing her relationship with Reuven. So here's my question when the come. What did Rashi say to us? The reason she, even though she's undone the marriage to Reuven, which means she's an unmarried girl right now. So she could marry any of the brothers. And she could even marry her ex-father-in-law, her, her pre, who, the man who was previously her father-in-law, because she's unmarried. She's undone the marriage retrospectively. She was never married. So there's nothing wrong with it. And yet we say Maritain. Now, do we know that she did Miun? Yes, of course, because if we didn't know she did Miun, then there would always be married Ayin in the case of, uh, of Miun. So we know she did Miun. What are we worried? What does Rashi say? We went the Gemara further on. What, what are we worried about? That people won't realize that Miun works retrospectively. If you don't understand that Miun works retrospectively and now she marries her... Um, uh, one of the brothers, or she marries her father-in-law, that looks terrible. 
if you don't know that Miyun works respectively, then it's as if her husband died and now you're marrying the father-in-law, let's say. That's, that's something which is, which is totally also, how can that be? So what you see here is that the Maris Ayin works when the, the, the illusion is created by ignorance of halakha. If you look at what she's doing, it, it all looks wrong. But you know halakhically, she did mean, and you know that mean. Everybody knows Yevomus Daf Yudbeis and Yevomus Daf Kufzai. Everybody knows that Miyun works for Mafreya and that she was never married to the first one and the first. So you know there's nothing wrong. No, you, you, even if you know that. And the, Rambam, the Ramban says, I would understand if she had to articulate it, then the public wouldn't know, did she articulate it or didn't she? When she did Miyun, did she only reject the uncle or did she re reject her original husband as well? But the Ramban says she doesn't have to articulate it. Everybody knows when she does Miyun for Uncle Shimon, that includes late husband Ruve. She undoes all these relationships. Everybody knows that. So what's the Marisayan? So you see, even when the, when, if you knew the halacha, you would understand there was nothing wrong. It's still not okay in terms of Marisayan. Because the principle of Marisayan is, if something looks wrong, it is wrong. That, that, it's not, and, it's, and that's why we say, I feel it's not even anymore about what people will think, even if there are no people there. Don't do something that looks, that looks wrong. And you say, but if any, anybody knows the halacha, everybody knows it's okay. For example, second day Yom Tov for an Israeli who's in Chutzot, in a community in Chutzot. Everybody knows he's an Israeli, so it's not a big, not a big it doesn't matter. In, in that environment, to be driving in the street on Yom Tov looks wrong. Even though if you knew, you would understand it isn't wrong. But, but it's still something that looks wrong in the, in the environment, in the situation, is wrong and we don't, and we don't do it. That's the idea of, of Marisana. Where, where it applies quite interesting is to understand Marisana a bit, a bit more clearly. If a person goes into a trafe restaurant and drinks a Coca-Cola, is that Marisana or isn't it? It's not Marisana because anybody look at him and say, what is he doing? He's drinking Coca-Cola. Nothing wrong with that. There's no din as to where you can and where you can't drink Coca-Cola. There might be other issues, but there's not Marisayan. If you look carefully, you'll see he's drinking Coca-Cola. Even if he's having a, a salad, let's say, where there's no problem with bugs and things like that. He's having something completely fine, a piece of smoked salmon or whatever. And if you look carefully, you would see that's all he's doing. There's no Marisayan. That, that's not Marisayan. Where there is Marisayan, and, and some people get very upset about that. A person goes into a trade restaurant, shouldn't do it, it's Marisayan. Where there really is Marisayan, is if you're sitting in, in, in a first-class cabin on an airline, and in some, I don't know if they still do it, but in some first-class cabins and airlines, when they bring you your kosher food, it looks exactly like the non-kosher. They require the caterers to replicate the, the meal exactly. So now you're sitting, and you've taken all the wrapping away, and it's, it's delivered to you. It looks exactly like your neighbor who's eating treif. That's Marisai. That's complete Marisai. Because no matter, yeah, I, but if you know, if you know the facts, if you know the halacha and you know the fact, you know it isn't, it isn't, still that would be Marisayan. So to understand that Marisayan is about something that looks wrong, even though if you know the halacha, clearly it's not wrong. You, d you don't rely on knowing the halacha. The visual impact is wrong and that, that creates a problem, doing something which visually is wrong. There are many stories of, of, of not just stories, I've seen it, of, of Gedoli Israel who standing in a line at a, at a store or wherever, and somebody uh, you know, offers to, to come up, up front. There's a great man standing at the back of the line, and, and everybody says, you know, it's fine, go, they're all mochel. And where they've refused to do that. Because you might have one person that didn't notice that he was given that they invited him to, and, and they'll think he's skipping the line. So that these are the things that one has to be sensitive to with Marius Ayan. Not to rely on the fact that if anybody understood the circumstance properly, or anybody understood the 
the halacha properly, there wouldn't be an issue. That still is my sign. If, if looking at you, it's clear, you, all you're drinking is a Coca-Cola, then it's just somebody silly. They're not, they're not looking carefully. You don't have to worry about people who are not looking. But, but people not understanding, that you do have to worry. You don't expect people to understand. People react to a visual image. That's what they react to. The visual image of a man eating a Coca-Cola, nothing wrong with that. The visual image of a man eating a trafe-looking meal in, among other goyim who are eating trafe that looks exactly the same, that's a visual image that's not okay. That's my resign. And so here, where she's a mamayinet, everybody knows that the Kulish the Ramban, the din of, of me, and even if she doesn't mention it, applies to undoing the marriage as well. But still being married to the man who was your father-in-law a week ago, that no matter what the halacha is, it doesn't look right. And if it doesn't look right, it isn't right.